guys. Welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis. I am your host, Nick, the Saucy One Catsaurus. As always, I am broadcasting to you live from the land of mess and honey, Caraville, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my stunning, beautiful, multi-talented producer, the rebel to my cause, Danielle Prizer. How you doing tonight, <laughs> sweetheart? I'm good. You flatterer. Oh, you're going to make me blush. That's what I'm always shooting for, dear. Now, you know, um, I've gotten a little bit of feedback that people want to hear more Danielle on the show. Uh, well, I, I'm not sure why. Um, I'm not nearly as funny as, say, Christopher Titus's girlfriend. Christopher Titus, of course, remember, will be on in just a couple of weeks right after his honeymoon. A little shameless plug there. Um, but we'll see what we can do. Yeah, I got a little bit to say tonight. All right, well, I'm going to let you introduce who we have on tonight, and who did we just listen to, and who do we have on tonight? Oh, tonight we have the founder and lead singer, the absolutely sometimes insane, gotta love him, Mickey DeFatis, and I'm super duper excited. He is up there in Canada, and he says it's actually really, it's very warm, but just like us, you know, storms here and there, um... If, for anybody that somehow doesn't know, Forgotten Rebels, uh, think think pretty much anything else. Think the Ramones, think uh, Sex Pistols, think, you know, any of the good, awesome, classic punk bands that were the reason that I first picked up on punk at all. And uh, Forgotten Rebels, of course, is just right there in that groove, uh, right there with The Clash and everybody else. And... Uh, I just think he's awesome. Mickey, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I can't believe how many compliments I'm getting. Wow, I might have to change my underwear. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, we well, we've been we've been going at it for years. See, the thing is we we're the biggest slackers in in music. We we get around. Well, we take our time, you know. Sort of like cooking gumbo, but uh we 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 get around. We do our songs and uh We've been around for a long time, been everywhere. I like the way yeah. you co- co- compare us with uh, the, the Sex Pistols and the Ramones. And, you know, oh, absolutely. back then, before punk, I was listening to the Stooges and Mott the Hoople and uh, the MC5 and stuff like that. And right uh, on. that was just a natural progression for us to sound like the way we did. You know, somebody asked me what would happen if, you know, if if punk never happened, then I'm thinking, well, we were already into the Stooges, the MC5, and Mott the Hoople, and I don't know how much different we would have sounded. Right. But you know, that's that. You know, it was it was our attitude, and it is our attitude. You know, we're a bunch of party guys that have been partying for the last 35 years, and it doesn't look like we're going to stop. And you that know, definitely worked... comes through in the um, music. Let me ask you real quick. At, you've had an insane 35-year career through the 70s, yeah. 80s, 90s, all the way through today. What is your favorite time period in punk rock? What do you think defines oh, the whole punk movement? Well, I liked, like, right at the very beginning of it, when when it was a whole thing of change, like uh, when, when, when the Ramones came after the Stooges um, and, and, and the glam scene broke, like the glam rock scene died right about the time of uh, 
Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, the immediate period yeah. after that, Love that one. you know, the the New York Dolls with, uh, you know, the Ramones, the Sex Pistols, the Heartbreakers, and the Damned. And I was just listening to those records over and over and over again. But see, I was, as a kid at that time, I, you know, I didn't play guitar yet because originally I was the guitar player singer. But see, I, I was I was sitting there listening to the Stooges, you know, wanting to become a motocross racer in, in, right. instead. And uh, well, I was a very lousy motorcyclist, and uh, <laughs> I didn't win too many races uh, racing around the garbage dump with guys on smaller bikes. So I thought to myself, maybe this sport is not what I'm made for. And I was sitting there plunking away on a friend's guitar. I a couple of days later, I figured, okay. I'm not going to win any races, so I sold my motorcycle and bought a guitar and amp, and uh, wow. and that's that how, was a good that's investment. How, yeah, yeah, it worked it out pretty changed. well for you, huh? Yeah, it changed <laughs> my life, and now now I'm a my, mountain biker, and uh, you know it's it, and 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 I still have that same guitar that I bought back then, and I still play it all the time. Uh, now, that, tell me, is that the the pink flower guitar? Oh, that pink flower guitar. No, you know how that came around. My wife wanted to learn how to play guitar. And and uh-huh. uh, you know, you know how people are. You know how young girls are. They they get an interest in something and then they lose interest. And I says to her, "You know what? If you want to learn, I'll buy you any guitar you want. Just make sure it's cool enough for me to pick up." Nice. So she goes and she buys this pink guitar. <laughs> and 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 I bought it for her and I thought wow this is insane looking this guitar. And uh well she lost interest in it and I and, and I play it. And right after that I, I I looked up that company and they had another guitar that that was star shaped and it was purple metal flake. Oh no and, way. Wow. And I thought to myself wow uh even Gary Glitter's guitar player didn't have one this Gaudy. So oh, I ordered. See, now it. that would be my guitar. Purple oh, I got it. I got it. I got it, and I was playing it last night. I I really love the sound of that one. But both of those guitars, like, see, those guitars were designed for women to play. So they are thinner, they're lighter, and they're very, very convenient on the hands. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm curious. You know who. You know what kind of women would play that guitar other than Joan Jett or someone like that? Because they're really loud, harsh metal-sounding guitars. And right. I thought, well, they they sound perfect for me. And I I I was even at the same music store. I bought the star-shaped one the other day, and 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 a bunch of kids surrounded me asking me about guitars. And the owner of the store goes, "Well, Mickey's the only guy in Canada that's ever ordered that guitar." <laughs> and, he, and, he, and, he, and he was snickering at it, and, 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 and then he says, you know, there's not too many people that could, you know, have a star-shaped guitar or a pink flower-shaped guitar and, and, and be as macho as a guy like me and still carry it through. Right. Which, which you know, I, I, I thought, you know, that's a heck of a compliment, you know. Oh, yeah, you definitely look really manly playing it. I, I was watching a video earlier, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding. That Where is did awesome. you find where did you find a video of that? On YouTube? Uh, I, I think it was on YouTube. I was actually looking for other interviews that you've done so we could try not to ask you the same old, same old. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. 
Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was funny. That uh, that uh, oh god, that that uh, <laughs> that guitar. I, I was probably doing Gigi Allen covers or something. Uh, right. Uh, uh, Let and, me and ask probably, you. Um, yeah. Since you're kind of like a pioneer, and I'm going to probably ask you a lot of questions about 35 years of punk. What's the biggest change you've seen in the punk scene? I mean, do you like where it's gone? Do you think it's just – I kind of think it's fizzled <clears> out. Do you think it's fizzled out or is, you know, punk's not I, dead? I don't I mean, think it's – I think it's become a musical style like folk, you know? Like folk music will always exist, and but but it's no longer protest it's a it's not not even a protest music like it was like it's like a music music now that people play it because it has that beat because it has that guitar sound rather than this is how i picked up a guitar and i didn't ever sound any different um the the way the way punk has changed now you know what i remember the beginnings of punk in new york city and how glamorous it was you know, the Ramones wore their leather jackets and stuff the way a lot of uh, punk players now do. But but then there was the, the dolls, you know, and, and all that frilly, like uh, all, almost club or disco, you know, like like Lady Gaga style stuff was happening right. in the early 70s. And, and I wish it also grew more, I wish it grew more glamorous, but I wish what's happening now also happened at the same time. The glamour side did not increase as much, except for with my guys and me. You know, my right, guys still definitely. look. My guys still look like you know the Ramones or whatever. You know, our, our guitar player still looks like a member of the Stooges, and uh, our, our 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 bass player still looks like Donald Trump's assistant, and our <laughs> and, and our drummer still has you know a red mohawk, and you know. Some people laugh at the fact that call me, you know, an aging Ron Wood or Rod Stewart lookalike. I don't look like either of those guys. They look like me. Those guys copied my look. They anticipated the future, and that's what they looked like. Are most of the bands you started out with? It isn't easy being the handsomest man in rock and roll, you know. Sometimes even (laughs) smiling makes a girl's heart break. (laughs) I know where you're coming from there. I definitely know that feeling, Mickey. You know what? I I actually did. I actually did a music lecture at at, at a grade school. I was requested to do that, you know, and I was very proud that you know that 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 I would be asked to do a lecture on music. And this one girl from grade five, uh, like during the question and answer period, you know, mentions that a lot of rock and roll stars and people that are celebrities and they get they they get asked, you know, they, they they get stalked. And 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 uh, asked me if if it's ever happened to me before, and, and I says, well, yeah, I've been stalked for quite a while. Two two specific girls uh, uh, stalked me, and I had to and I had to put a you know a restraining order against them. And one of the boys asked who they were, and I I had to tell them, you know, Beyonce and Shakira. <laughs> What's so funny about I, that? I don't find that funny her. at all. You should see some of the letters that Beyonce sends me. I told her, I'm, I'm, I'm married. I can't do that kind of thing anymore. It's a rough road we walk in the punk rock. Oh, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Like I said, it ain't easy being a rock star, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wish I had that problem. I'd be okay with that. 
<laughs> Actually, when I was in Even Steven, we never had any groupies. No, no girls. Was I was the only guy in a punk band that couldn't get a date. Really? I no never group. like. And he was the bass player. I mean, everybody loves the bass. He was the right? bass player. Yeah. 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 And I, well, I never mean, he sang and... I was in a band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's really unfortunate. That's really unfortunate. It was you should have. You know what you should have done. Do, do you know what Tim Hortons is? No, I have no idea. You don't know who Tim Horton was? Remind oh, me, the ho- name's not striking a chord. Yeah, you know, he was a Canadian hockey player. Well, <laughs> oh, that's why. I know well, unfortunately, about unfortunately, he passed away. But see, in Canada, in Hamilton, we have the, we have the highest per capita Tim Hortons. And those are coffee shops. And if you had a hard time picking up girls, you go to Tim Hortons at 2 o'clock in the morning, and there's always a bunch of drunk girls at every one of them trying to sober up so they get so they don't get screamed at by their parents for drinking. <laughs> well, you go there at night after the bar. Hey, so we ever split up, you know where I'm headed. <laughs> you heard it here first, Danielle. Tim Hortons. All right. Yeah, Tim Hortons. Donuts. Tim there's Hortons. donut shops, but you got to be careful. You gotta be careful if you're driving. Always be sober, because you know how they call uh, how 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 a derogatory name for policemen in Canada was once donut eaters. They got that because they like hanging around Tim Hortons in the daytime sometimes. Yeah, it's Dunkin' Donuts here. I know it's a very strange mix of people that go to Tim Hortons. Why am I talking you, about uh... Tim Hortons? Because a stereotype Hamilton guy goes to Tim Hortons to have his coffee while going to work and while coming back home. We've got like a hundred of them in this city with only 300,000. No, we got maybe 50 in this city with only 500,000 people in it. And they're all. You know, I think you're giving uh, Beyonce a little bit too much information there, Mickey. Now she knows you're a. Oh yeah, no, I don't want. No, 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 because no, I don't want her giving Shakira information either. Shakira right. should be smarter than that. She's married, and she's so probably Beyonce. twittering it right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mickey's at Tim Hortons. Well, they've got fifty of them to try. SOS. SOS. <laughs> this just in. Yeah. Okay, so talking about Canada, you know, I had Killer yeah. Dwarfs on last week, and they're a metal band from Canada. And um, anytime you talk to or hear an interview with Canadian guys, they always talk about what a bad rap they get in the states. Being from Canada, they don't get taken seriously. Did you kind of encounter that throughout your career at any time? Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I, I just never took anybody seriously. Um, that's 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 what everybody said about me that I never took anybody seriously. Uh, so I, how can I encounter something like that? You know, like my best tour in the states was opening act for the Ian Hunter Mick Ronson band, and that was like you know the members of Mott the Hoople. They're my childhood idols. And I, I did a tour of the Western states, and everybody loved us. Because, see, they were a glam band, but they liked punk bands. Like, they they had, like, the Buzzcocks open for them and people like that. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I mean, I played the Hollywood Palace opening for those guys. And, you know, I thought, this is pretty good. Dean Martin was here. The Stones were here. You know, and here I am playing for these guys. And, and, and they... I found they took us very serious. I only wish I I I met that guy, the the mayor of Sunset Strip, Rodney Bingerheimer. I, yeah. I never got 
I never got a chance to meet him. Well, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that glam metal, like real, true, like faster pussycat and like real true glam metal is steeped in punk roots. A lot of those guys just kind of took punk and just took it to the next level before Warrant and those fucking bands got a hold of it. Like the real, yeah, yeah. the can of rocks and stuff. Those fans just yeah. kind of took the punk now, Mike thing Monroe used to play around Canada once in a while. Uh, you right. know, like it, at uh, at the Alma Combo, I played there lots of times. Or Larry's Hideaway, for that matter. You know, that uh, that's in Toronto, and 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 those kind of guys go there. Well, it's like uh, in Hamilton, we got a bar named after my third album called This Ain't Hollywood. Oh, cool! Nice. Yeah, and and you wouldn't believe the kind of people that played there. Glenn Matlock um, played there. Robert Gordon. Uh, God, uh, the members of the Damned were scheduled to play there. I don't know if they did. I I I was working that night. Commander Cody played there the other night. Um, even uh, Jimmy Jagger, Mick Jagger's son, played there. And like wow. this, this this is a place where I hang out twice a week, and. Uh, well, I don't have alert. to pay. I don't have to pay cover because you know I basically gave them the name of the bar. Mm-hmm. So, so I get to see all these great acts. Uh, Lydia Lunch played there. Uh, oh yeah, this my favorite show there was when Walter Lure played there. That was amazing. That was I really bet. amazing. Walter Lure from the Heartbreakers. Do you get a lot of good acts up there from the states, or do they kind this of veer off? Uh, that bar and uh, the Casbah get great acts. Who's that guy that got kicked out of Guns N' Roses? He played there. Um, wow, Duff McKagan? No, no, the guitar the player. Slash? The guitar fl- Not Slash. Izzy Stratlin? No, the guy that replaced Izzy. Um, now, you've lost me. I didn't listen. Okay, to well, metal he played there, and like he was 88. good. He was real good. And he, even Glenn Matlock's Philistines played Hamilton. Like these, oh, Matt Thorne. There you go. Yeah, Glenn Matlock's Philistines played in Hamilton. We got, like, uh, see, this is a small town, but it's between Toronto and Buffalo. So so a lot of these acts will, will come here. Like, I mean, um, Lady Gaga canceled Cops Coliseum because she just got sick just before it. You know, she, uh, we we had uh, fuck. here here's a wild couple. Uh, uh, this happened obviously years ago. Neil Young with Nirvana opening. Wow! wow. At Cops Coliseum. That's what early nineties. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. And uh, this St. Hollywood's like four blocks from there, and the Casbah's like three blocks from there, the other way. I at this not point in your music career. Yeah? Are you still working a day job at this point in your music career? I've always had kinda... a, I've, I've always had a day job. I've always really? had a day job. Yeah, yeah. Because see, the thing is, I don't want to have to cater to an audience to play the type of songs that uh, any record company told me to do. That's why we've always been independent. Like I couldn't care less if I uh, if I don't make money from playing, as long as it doesn't cost me anything, and as long as you know. They pay for my flights. My hotel isn't too shitty. I, right. You wouldn't believe some of the horrible hotels I played at. I mean, stay oh, I at. You. Oh, man, oh, man. I stayed at this hotel. Like, okay, we did a tour of Germany, and and we 
stayed at very nice, like, European-type almost residence places. And this one mm-hmm. town we played at, we stayed at a hotel. And get this, okay? You walk in there, and there's a bunch of sailors standing outside. <laughs> Sounds good so far. Okay. <laughs> and you know what the name of the hotel was? The Seaman's hey, Mission. All aboard? No, it was called the Seaman's Mission. Oh, God. That was the name of the hotel they gave it to us. Bet you slept on top of the covers. Are you kidding? I slept on the floor. (laughs) You would not believe what this place was like. (laughs) Oh, my God. That sounds horrible. Oh, man. It made the – it makes – Okay, find the worst YMCA in San Francisco, and this made it look like, you know, yeah, this made it look the like... The Ritz. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it was hilarious. <clears throat> but, but you know what? I don't know if I'd ever stay there again. <laughs> I don't Really? You don't have a brochure you can send me? <laughs> you know, no. I, I, you know, if I could bring my wife with me, I might stay there. But you know, I, I'd hide behind her everywhere because she was a woman, and you know, the, those type of guys leave them alone. <laughs> I was thinking second, second honeymoon. Nope. <laughs> well, I could just yeah, imagine. No. I could just imagine poor Pam's face you find you there. Oh no, no. I could just imagine poor, poor Pam's face looking at the sign. <laughs> oh God! Here we go, dear. Second honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, no. nice. That would be sweet. You know, I wanted oh, to talk yeah. about in the intro. I usually do a little intro on why I only have bands on the show that I'm actually into. I think it makes it more yeah. engaging than just hey, like. Hey, can I talk some about something? Can yeah, I talk, definitely about, talk about anything? You yeah, want, yeah. I I did a solo album a few years ago, and I got an award for the best punk album in Hamilton. It's called Welcome to My Basement. And nice. who were you running against? Huh? I who was running against, against a whole pile of Hamilton bands. Like there's a whole pile of punk bands in this city. Like there, really? there there's yeah, there's a whole pile of bands. And 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 everybody seems to own a 16 track because one guy in the band has a job and the, and you know <laughs> And another guy here is, you know, his his his, his, his fighting ex parents are trying to win his favor, you know, and that's what the young guys got here, you know. So so I I did this, I I did this CD in my basement, and I had to learn how to use all this used recording junk, and yeah, that got right. was pretty good. And and uh, another person in Hamilton that's very noteworthy is Chris Houston. He he's played around California. He's played all over the country, and mm-hmm. he you know he, he's a solo artist that co-wrote all the songs on "In Love with the System," and he also co-wrote nice. this, uh, surf, the song "Surfing on Heroin" was also co-written by Houston. Great song! Wow. Yeah, thank you. And and we wrote those songs together because um, see, "Surfing on Heroin" should have been on "In Love with the System." Because that that's when it was written. But the band broke up and reassembled, and it never got on there. Uh, right. Let me interject let me real quick. I'm huh? a lyric guy. When you're writing your lyrics, are you writing, do you feel like, from a Canadian perspective? Or are you writing, I'm not you writing most... it from any national perspective. You want to hear some lyrics? 
this is one of the songs that me and Houston wrote that uh, uh, that's that's not on any that is on a Rebels record, but I don't remember which one. Uh, but it's also on a 45 by Chris Houston. It's called Shit gotcha. for Brains. The song's called Shit for Brains, and uh, and his personal song is called Einstein's Brain. Because he discovered that McMaster University, who has a medical center and a medical learning center, has a slice of Einstein's actual brain in the uh, in, in the oh. lab, and that's for oh. real. And he wrote a song about that, and I wrote a song called "Shit for Brains." And the the bridge to the song was, she had her brother's baby. It was retarded. The blast nearly killed her when the little monster farted. Now she keeps it in a clear plastic bag, his hands tied tightly and his mouth stuffed with rags. She took him to an all-night laundromat, threw him in the dryer, and that was that. Now she sits and picks her nose, eats her snot, and paints her toes. Oh, wow. wow. Isn't that brilliant poetry? Yeah. It could have come off the washroom walls. At the Siemens Mission, even, but uh, oh yeah, that's that that could have come off the washroom walls, uh, you know. And I wrote it, but, that's but awesome. I wrote it. So yeah. Yeah, it's hard to that new seven-inch that's out now. And, yeah, um, with Chris. With I think Chris I've got Houston. the link. Yeah, right, he, I think I've got the link in the uh, thing where people can find that. Yeah, he's got he's got the A side. I got the B side. That's awesome. I, you know where to find it? Uh, we do. We actually have the link up. Okay, and good. And for anybody who doesn't want to read, uh, it's available at Schizophrenic Records or at Hanner City Records. That's it. Um, which, that's it. Yep. I've, and I've, there's like 20 white ones and the rest are all black ones. I want a white one. <laughs> awesome. You know what? Isn't that an amazing um, what? The last pogo jumps again. You want to tell the fans a little bit about the movie? Oh, I am in a little part of that movie in the second half. See, it's majorly it's majorly about Toronto stuff. So right. see, I was I was the last guy. Like there was the vile tones in Teenage Head and the Ugly and the Curse were like the first four bands, and I was the fifth. So I came at the summer of 77 while... No, I came in the autumn of 77 while they came in the summer of 75 and... No, 76 and 77. So, like, you know, I'm a little part of it near the end, but there's a quick flash where I'm sitting on on a five-foot-tall pink high heel, and I'm naked... And I'm holding the flower that's guitar. That's where that's from. I, yeah. I wanted to ask where that photo was from because when I was looking for, you know, pictures to put on the player because they just kind of flashes pictures since we're all audio, I was like, hmm. Yeah, you that know. That was the we, best picture and, ever. And did, you, did you see how interesting that was? That's my living room. No way. That is yeah, awesome. That's my, that's my living room with all the glass statues and <laughs> Stuff like that in it. So, very, very cool. Very and that's not your first um, movie appearance because the way that I actually first heard of you guys was through the Punks Are All Right. 
That was like the first oh. time I ever even heard of you guys. Oh and yeah, actually, you got. Um, yeah, I was talking a, yeah, to Doug yeah. on MySpace, and he sent me a copy before it even got released. And I heard yeah. like a little premiere party for him. And that was like the yeah. first time I heard of you, Blind Pigs, any of you guys. Yeah, yeah, I remember. But how did you get that. involved with that? Uh, well, I just got called up. I, I don't call too many people. They just call me. You know, I, I, I spend my time working on the garden. You know, I like Cajun cooking. Um, mm, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you got, you guys get a lot more of it than we do up here. And I like Caribbean cuisine, too. Um, mm-hmm. And and, and uh, I like working on my garden and hanging out in the forest on my mountain bike and uh, then going in my basement and... Uh, <clears throat> go, go and uh, play, playing music in the basement with whoever wants to jam on, on, you know, but not very often. I, you know, play play in my basement once a week maybe, but uh, you know. Hey, man, today, who are you into? Like, who are some new bands? Who I'm listening to today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I'm ma- majorly listening to the the older. The, the older glam rock stuff and punk stars, you know, like, like, like I, I like listening, li, listening to Sid Barrett's stuff, uh, you know, Alvin Stardust, uh, you know, David Bowie around around the uh, Ziggy Stardust area, the Mott the Hoople mm-hmm. Live, you know, but uh, who's an artist today? I don't know. If, I, I, I honestly like Lady Gaga's album, um, both of them. Uh, I, I. There's a song that I keep playing over and over again called Take Her From You by Dev, and uh, I've never seen the CD. Um, Take Her From You by Dev. And it's it's basically uh, a a hip-hop song or a sort of mild... But today, do you feel uh, like uh, punk's really lost its edge? I mean, is there just nothing uh, new? No, it's it's viable? diversified to the point. I there, I like the version of "I Didn't Know I Loved You Till I Saw You Rock and Roll" by the Sirens. I just wish there was more girls involved in it. You know, I I listen to the local bands because uh, I go see them live. You know, my friend Larry has spoiled rotten, and um, you know. Uh, there, there, there's there there used to be a band called uh panty christ um there there's right. oh band, you know bands like that um you, you know i i don't know what to say i basically go see anybody that's playing i would yeah i would much rather go watch a young act um mm-hmm. the mystics that's another that's another local act um, there was a, a band, uh, sort of like, uh, sort of like a cross between Blondie and the Stray Cats, called the Ooh. Berettas. Yeah, the Berettas. You know, like uh, those are the type of bands I'll go see. Um, God, you know, oh, like wow. I, I would rather go watch a local startup act than actually put anything yeah. on my. Stereo, and, and and I go see all the punk bands that start up here, and because uh, you know a lot of times when you've been around as long as I have, it's not how much you know, it's what you don't know that kind of counts. Because you know when, when when you're when you're say sixteen, seventeen, putting your first songs together, 
it's not what you know that makes you good. It's what you don't know that makes you good. You know, they, yeah, they hit these that. sets of notes. They, you know, this rookie hits a bunch of chords that don't seem to fit, and he forces his voice to fit with them. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, this is great, even though this guy plays like crap, but why can't you, you know, or this girl plays like okay, but why is it that you want to listen to them over and over again, even though their playing is second rate and their singing may not be the greatest, but all of a sudden it all sounds fantastic. It doesn't matter how eloquent they are in each part of it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's that raw sound. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's no pretension. You're not writing for anybody but yourself. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of times, take a look at me type thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, the material is a lot better than somebody who's been around a million years, like because the ideas are fresh and new, and the person has these this enthusiasm of freshness and newness as they as they're hitting this. Right. Um, Let me dig in mm-hmm. real deep here for a second. What yeah. would you personally, what's the one thing you want to be remembered for? You know, 50 years goes by, 100 years goes by, someone finds a forgotten rebel, I don't know, fucking hologram at that point. Um, what do you most want to be remembered for? Wow. I, uh, well, we, we, that we were part of the change. We are part of the change in attitude. Because, yeah. see, when, when, once bands like ours came around, then you know that the 60s were definitely over. Like the music of the 60s, I'm not saying just the music of the 60s. I'm saying the crap attitude of the 60s. You know, segregation died. Um, Richard Mm -hmm. Nixon was fucking garbage, you know, stuff like that. You know, Mao Zedong was a goof. You know, let's, let's, that like, that we were part of what symbolized that all the garbage of the 60s and 50s were were being washed aside, you know, like um, like like when Bob Dylan in the early '60s sang, "The water around you has grown, and if you know you don't learn to swim, then you'll sink like a stone." That you know the times definitely at that point, you know the initialization of that change was really starting to be fulfilled, you know the. The the adult that uh, you know yells at the kid for getting a tattoo and going to school, his time is over. The teacher yeah, that the teacher that would um, send the girl home for wearing too much makeup, maybe he'll get a rock thrown through his car window. The guy the 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 people that said spare the rod and spoil the child, and start whipping their kids, they're the ones that are going to get ignored. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it was a change in attitude. The, the directed fairness, but but the music was only part of it. It was generally the attitude of people that that changed, and the music was a symbol to the side of it. It was right. only right. part. And you know, like like you know, when, uh, Ayatollah Khomeini was a guy that people are, are going to say was just as big a goof as you can find, and and he's gone. You know, Osama bin Laden's gone. Those guys, all those guys that make you work any harder for what you want simply to make them bigger, they're falling the same way, you know, 
uh, the same way flies fl- fall out of the sky when you put out a vapona nopes strip. You know that that the common man and 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 the good. You know, there's nothing that says that you can't be a billionaire if you're doing the good thing, the right thing. You know, like what what it is is like the guys that brought us computers. They're the actual Beatles of the '90s. Yeah. Right. That, that massive cultural change that happened in the 60s because of the Beatles happened again in the 90s because of computers. Um, and you know what? I, I really wish that all this was around. I wish Facebook was around in the 70s. Uh, I wish all that was around in the 70s. But, you know, you can't say you wish, you know, something was invented 35 years earlier but uh, because it wasn't. Well, you know, I talk to bands all the time about, you know, what would happen because I was in a band in the 90s, and I always talk about what would we have done if we had what they have today, you know, media-wise, promoting-wise. But then again, there is something real about pounding the pavement, drawing your flyers up, putting them out there, and that's the kind of experience you can't get today. So I don't know if I necessarily would want to have had Facebook when our band was starting out. I don't know if that's something I would actually want because I gained so much experience just standing around handing out flyers and talking to people face to face, which you can't get from Facebook. Like, oh, like you can get, yeah, pictures. but you still have to do that. You still have to do what you did because not, you know, not everybody's going to look up everything that's happening. Yeah. Like, like I mean, I know I could go down to this uh, music store called Picks and Sticks and run into my buddy Chris Houston and and uh, and uh, say, Chris, what's happening downtown? You know, stuff like that. I can look it up on Facebook, but you know, I get in my car and I feel like you know, going going down going down the metro and picking up a pizza, uh, and I run into somebody there who tells me something's happening. Yeah, well, you know, people in their twenties, I think they're all getting their information through Twitter and Facebook. I yeah, don't think yeah, they're doing they a are. whole lot of research outside of that. And I mean, you don't I think miss so? that. I mean. I I don't know. I mean, not here in the states, at least. I think people are a little bit more automated, stuck behind their computers. They want the information handed to them. I don't think anybody wants to go out and get it anymore. You know, they're so used to just kind of sitting in their bedroom and getting information, and having their friends tell them what's cool. I just yeah. I don't see. I don't think a band could survive today without social media. Not a new uh, start. It would be hard starter. to sur- it, It'd be hard to survive without social media the same way it would be next to impossible for a business to survive without it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and unfortunately, a lot of the bands just become a business right away. Well, you can't do that. You have to have the passion. Uh, you see, it wouldn't have mattered to me whether we got popular or not. I would have still be playing. Like you know, like I did a few Rebels gigs a few months ago, and 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 I pl- showed up, you know, at a few uh, at a wake to play a free show, uh, you know, yeah. it, it's, you know, I I'll do it for money, I'll do it for nothing, I'll do it for the party, and that's yeah. and that's what a lot of them, a lot of them think, you know, just because they pick up a guitar they can become stars and you know maybe retire early. Well, that's just as dumb as thinking that you can just research the stock market and make a fortune on reselling stocks. Unless, right. uh, unless you're buying into what you really like. You know, you have to buy into what you like to, in order to be successful because if you don't really like it, then all you're doing is just, you know, mechanically falling into holes. Yeah. 
I definitely agree. And like I said, I miss pounding the pavement. I mean, that was part of the fun yeah. of being in a punk band, DIY, and I think that's why we get such watered-down music today because my friend Andy had a brilliant idea. He was like, if you want to be in a famous band, borrow $20,000 from the bank and put your song on iTunes and buy it 20,000 times. Hit the top of the chart. Everybody will see you up there. They'll, people will buy it because they see you've been bought 20,000 times, and you'll be famous in like a month. Well, you'll be and famous, but you'll be – You'll you you you'll be like the Corvair, you know. <laughs> yeah, you remember that sad. car? It was a bad car that was very famous for being bad. New Coke. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, New Coke. And, and but it's and, sad you know, it's even an option that you that, you know you didn't have that option thirty years ago to get no, twenty we grand to, in. You know, become yeah, famous. but then most people wouldn't have had the balls to be in a band. That that was different than everything. Like, see, yeah. I was I, I was playing I, I I was trying to write tunes the way I liked hearing them, and then I was in then I was in a real you know blase. I was a sideman in a real shit band that never played anywhere. And the second I heard uh, Anarchy in the UK, I quit the band. I says, you know, this was the sound I was trying to tell you guys to play, and. Uh, <clears throat> Still could what kind of sound did that band have that you quit? Huh? Oh, they fizzled what out. What kind of the band that we you weren't quit? What, what were you guys We playing? weren't playing bad stuff. We were playing like Beatles tunes, you know, Badfinger, and you know, maybe a bit of Dylan and stuff like that. But it was sounding, you know, as wimpy as it did in the '60s, and uh, right. I really didn't like that. And I was trying to get these guys to play T Rex and Slade and Mott the Hoople. You know, and uh, these guys didn't want to get distorted or loud and stuff. So, you know, I, I quit that as soon as I heard the Sex Pistols because I was already into the Stooges and the Ramones, you know, because uh, I said, this is this is the sound I've been trying to show you guys to play. And I quit. And then I found, uh, went to Tim Hortons and ran into a guy that played bass who was hanging around with a bunch of gang guys. And I started jamming with him. And that's how we got the Rebels together. Cool. My, my friend, nice. my friend, my friend Carl Johnson, Chris suicide, and we started the Rebels after hanging out at Tim Hortons coffee shop. Everything again, happened at Tim Hortons. <laughs> yeah, again, the Tim Hortons the coffee shop shows I'll up, and you know, Tim like, <clears throat> like that sort of thing. That sort of thing. Um, the the coffee shop connection because there's so many of them around the city. You go into some coffee shop, and and and, and you'll see. Uh, <laughs> You know, one one band hanging out there. You go into another coffee shop, uh, and the coffee shop is just down the road from a rehearsal center, and you'll see some guy in a van buying coffee for the rest of his band. It, it, it's, it's funny because uh, every guy in a band in Hamilton tends to drink a lot of coffee, and that's one of the places that they go to. Or for that matter, if you live in West Hamilton... Like um, there's a there's a, there's a coffee shop here. Uh, I mean, there's an Italian restaurant here, Valentino's. You go in there, and you'll see maybe Bob or Dan Lanois, like the guys that worked with you too. You'll see them sitting in there, or Bill Dylan, not Bob Dylan, but Bill Dylan would be sitting in there having a coffee, and he's worked with the Pretenders and you too. You know, it's it's the kind of it, it's it's an odd sort of city. 
where if you know who you're looking for, you'll find in very odd places. Or for that matter, you go to this St. Hollywood for for a drink, sit down, and there's <coughs> Dennis Dunaway from Alice Cooper's band and two members of Blue Oyster Cult hanging around. You nice, know, you know, yeah. You, you know, like uh, before... Before the uh, hotel, uh, hotel the Royal Cannot Hotel was closed, which was which was pretty you know pretty high priced. But they you know I used to go there to to drink in this club called the Club Car, and you know you you'd go in there and and you'd find the strangest of fucking people walking through there, and like one day I I was there and and there's Johnny Cash, you know this is obviously a long time ago, but uh, in in Hamilton if you go the right places. You, you, you'll find some amazingly, you know, unique people that, that just show up. Like when the Rolling Stones in, in their 90s tour played Canada, they showed up in Hamilton, not Toronto, be, because they can get safe haven here. Um, Michael Jackson comes to the Hamilton airport when he was alive. Um, so that way the media wouldn't hassle him in Toronto. And the, the reason I know that is because my neighbor was a customs official, uh, rest his soul, and uh, he took his son's pick, uh, pick guard from his base when when he was working that day because he knew that uh, something was going to go on. He got all the original Rolling Stones to sign it for him. Nice. And it, hey, uh, yeah, and it, Mickey, you've got a call coming in. Do you want to take a call from a fan? Well, I'll, I'll take a question as long as it's not a dumb one, but I'll take a call. I can't make any promises, but we got someone on the line. Uh, can you hear me, yeah. caller? Hello. Hello. Yeah, you got hey, a question up? for Mickey? I do. Um, I've seen the band in... You there? Oh, I think Daniel just cut him off. Okay. No, nah, no, nah, he was in the middle of asking a question. Go ahead and punch him back in. <laughs> all right, sorry about that. Go ahead and ask right. a question for Mickey. My question was, um, do they w- play the states at all? I we played them in the early '90s. I just I haven't, you know, seen them around or anything. And then one day I was on Facebook and I noticed that the band was still playing, so I went up and saw them in uh, Toronto area, maybe in October, and they were great, but. How come um, they don't play the states? We played there. We play there every once in a while. I, well, I don't. Have, I don't have my passport right now. I'm gonna get it. No. Uh, I'm gonna get it done uh, eventually. But uh, each one of us does have steady jobs, and it, it is hard for for us to tour. But we right. do do it once in a while. Like and I mean, also, yes. how can I get a hold of the? Um... The solo record. I looked everywhere on the internet. The solo record? Uh, right. Let's see. Uh, there's a place in Hamilton called Dr. Disc. Okay. Dr. Disc. And it's on Wilson Street, I think. So and, I'd have uh, to go up to Canada. No, he'll, he'll mail it to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, Dr. there's Disc. a guy named Mark there, or there's a girl named Beth. Right. Uh, or Sarah. Mark, Beth, or Sarah, and I don't know who else works there, but uh, phone them and say you definitely want to 
uh, want it because I know I've signed a bunch of them for them. And there's also a live Forgotten Rebels record there. And that yeah, live I brought record... it at the show. It's great. Okay, cool. Thanks for buying that. You know, you yeah. know the thing about that live record, and this is very sad, because the inside there, I um, we dedicate to our friend Imanz Crummins, who is who is a rock and roll historian, and he passed away. And after he passed away, the guy that uh, produced it, Dario Cernil, he was a member of remember that metal band Sven Galli. They toured like with Van Halen. Uh, they toured with uh, Def Leppard and bands like that. Hmm. Uh, well, anyways, kind of. I've heard he the name, passed, I just never heard him. And then, and then he passed away. Wow. You know, which was very unfortunate. Beautiful fucking beautiful people. We really loved those guys, and, and they both passed away on us. And well, that's that record is basically a tribute to both of them now. Oh. Uh, that's so sweet. Now, Where are you on? Um... For just a second. Hey, hang on, honey. Um, also, if you uh, are nowhere where you can find the number, if you are not in Canada, nowhere near Canada, you can look up Dr. Disc online. It is uh, the one in Hamilton. It's Dr. Disc with a C, of course, dot C-A. And they have got all of their info there and Forgotten <clears throat> Rebels listed. I mean, you name it. They can totally hook you up. Yeah, Go yeah, ahead. and and you know what? <clears throat> that's that's a great place to call. That's a uh-huh. that's a great record store. It's a great CD store, and I'm not just saying that because they carry our stuff. Because you know, <laughs> Cheapies Records and Tapes also carries our stuff, and, and there's places in Toronto. But but see, the thing is, we have a limited release. We're doing this for pleasure, and we're doing this for our fans. We're not going to be right. millionaires. I mean. <clears throat> and we're not well. We're we're not you know we're we're doing this for fun, and that and that's why we're. Where are you calling from, caller? Buffalo. You're Buffalo. from what calling from Buffalo. Hey, yeah. Colin, Colin, let me talk to this guy. Hey, what? So what's the cool place now in Buffalo? Now that the, the cool Continental's closed. The cool place in 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 Buffalo is a place called the Waiting Room. It just opened up. Well, I don't know, a couple of months ago, but they've been getting really good shows there lately, and it's just the a really room. nice hey, room. Did you yeah. ever see us play at the Continental? No, but I saw you at the Scrapyard in like the early '90s. Oh, I remember that. That was really cool. That was that was really cool. Uh, but, uh, the Continental, I played there on a New Year's Eve, and uh, I, you know, I I like to have my 15 drinks on stage during a set. I used to drink, you know, like 12 drinks a set. And, well, I guess I was kind of imbibed. But anyways, we are supposed to play there on New Year's Eve. And you know what? At the Continental, I was cut off before I even made it to the place. They weren't allowed to serve me until I got on stage. Wow. (laughs) That's how worried they were. But see, I was never an alcoholic, and I'm not an alcoholic. I just like drinking. I like to drink free, and I took full advantage of it, just like I like to eat a lot of pizza when Mary used to cook it. And remember the pizza at the Continental? No. Don't tell me you never tried the pizza at the Continental. <laughs> Don't no, tell me you never, never tried the chicken wings that. at the Anchor. Don't tell me oh, you didn't eat the you, – did you oh, eat there? Okay, so cool. Frank Bellissimo was the guy. Uh, to you in Tennessee, Frank Bellissimo was the guy who commercialized the sale of – Chicken wings at a bar. 
Nice. I'm a chicken wing yep. guy. Yep. We should yep. have a shrine. And and he yeah yeah Frank Bellissimo. Well he and and the Anchor Bar is the first place in America to to sold commercially chicken wings, and they're pretty good. You they're know the like best. They, <laughs> they're really the good, aren't they? They're the best. And did you notice? I would hate to be the garbage man that goes by and picks up all those bones because they've got billions <laughs> of hundreds of pounds of bones in the pack. Oh, my God. Imagine how many cats they're fighting off. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Well, they'd never have a rat in the place because the bones don't move. So is there any new God. material in the works? The new material in the works, well, I'll tell you, we the Rebels have written a few songs. And between me and Chris Houston, uh, we're we're working on basically an album of covers. Okay. Um, and I don't know how you get about releasing covers, but but you know we've done stuff like uh, uh, the, the the Velvet's uh, White Light White Heat, but done mm-hmm. it real heavy style. We we did um, oh god. Covered Headbanger by the Ramones. Uh, covered uh, Wine and Dine by Sid Barrett. You know, even even stuff like uh, uh, Carefree Highway by Gordon Lightfoot. Heavy style, you know, the way you'd expect anything from us. Right. You know what right. I mean? I love the <clears throat> but but also check out not not only my solo album but Chris Houston's record uh, Einstein's Brain. He's got a 45. You know, I'm sure you'd enjoy that. Because the the flip side is me doing a song called Shit for Brains, which is also on a Rebels album. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's done by me in Houston instead, which was the original demo. Very cool. Nice. Yeah, thanks, Carl. All right. Yeah. Thank you for calling in. Yeah. All right, we hey, got enough time for, to... Huh? Oh, go ahead. We got is it very hard for you to find Fra- Frank's uh, chili lime sauce down there? Frank's oh, chili oh. lime sauce. Do you know what that yeah, is? Uh, no, we sure don't. Now, I, I do like the Frank's wing sauce, and I use it religiously, but that is the only Frank's, unfortunately, that we have. I'll have to, I will have to definitely... Just Frank's regular sauce you got? Yeah, we don't yeah. have much oh, God, chili yeah. lime, but we don't have much chili lime. But uh, we got all the other ones. But I got four yeah, bottles we'll down. To. Basement. I, I'm yeah. gonna have to look it up online because I'm the one that makes the wings like all the time. <laughs> he, he's always begging, "Let me make the wings, make the wings." All yeah, my, my you know my wife likes New making wings. wings. She doesn't put too much hot stuff on it. She must be the only Caribbean who doesn't like hot, spicy stuff. I must be the only Latina that doesn't like a hot, lot of hot stuff. I oh my can't, God! I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> one of my yeah. friends, uh, one of my friends, Sergio from San Salvador, he doesn't like hot, 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 yeah. hot sauce either. I couldn't I believe like it. it. It hates me. You know, I can't. I just can't anymore. Oh my God! <laughs> All right. Well, we've got about two minutes here. I do want to end with a song. Um, congratulations on 35 years, Mickey. I definitely you. appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, well, I thanks also do for a calling me. Show on Sundays, and if you ever want to come on that, you're more than welcome. I do a the political Sunday show on Sundays. Yes, I do. Yeah. 
And you got a lot to say. You definitely have someone who has like the big knowledge. So if you ever want to come on the political show, you're more than welcome. Yeah, you know what? I might come on one of these days, but I got I got to do my day job. Hello. I got you. Yeah, you still with me? I thought you just hung up on me. Oh no, I'm be... still here. I think we lost Danielle <laughs> though for some reason. Yeah, poor Colin got hung up on somehow. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, this uh, so, switchboard is kind of sketchy on here. You still have a switchboard? You still have a switchboard on? It's a little That's dashboard so, on the computer. Oh, I thought yeah, you had a an, switchboard. Yeah, sorry guys, That's my phone. So, That's so 1955. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's not like a operator. Hello, hello. No, nothing like yeah. that. Just I'm a little dashboard. <laughs> Yeah, thanks a I lot for having well, me. Drop us a line if you ever want to come on the Ignorance Equation. I would love to talk politics with you. And I'm going to go ahead and end the show with one of my favorite Rebel songs, Angry. Thank you very much. That's me on guitar, you know. <laughs> I know. Awesome. I know. All right, uh-huh. Mickey, thanks a lot. And okay. is, we got the 60-second red alert here. This is Angry by The Forgotten Rebel. Bye. <laughs>